Hello and welcome to Another Bottle Down. My name is Mark Rayshap and every week we talk about wine and the wine industry and sometimes we touch on food. Today actually is going to be all about a farm, an educational farm out in Dripping Springs called the Hills of Milk and Honey. This actually was the second segment, the second half of a live show that we did on February 20th on uh, broadcasting on co-op radio. 91.7 FM in Austin, Texas. Uh, And of course, now I split these up into two different podcasts. This one, of course, you can get in the iTunes store, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I would love if you uh, uh, rated the podcast and and left a message as to why you've enjoyed it. Really helps out uh, and uh, and we really appreciate it. I want to say on a personal note, I met uh, my guest, Amy Milliron, who is owner of the Hills of Milk and Honey, at the Austin Food and Wine Alliance's annual grant ceremony. Another Bottle Down received an honorable mention, which is an amazing honor. And uh, and this farm, the Hills of Milk and Honey, and Amy Milliron was there, and she gave a wonderful speech about all of her plans for the future, and it was really inspiring, so I said... Uh, needed to get her on the podcast uh, and touch on some of these maybe greater themes that that uh, are affecting society and and that wine and food and locally grown food addresses in the fact that we are paying attention to the the minutia of a product that we consume it's easy to take for granted and I think wine shows us we, we shouldn't take it for granted. It makes us stop when we eat and think about the wine. And we don't do that enough with food. And uh, stopping to think, wow, the flavor of this is really pure. And it is delicious, simple, delicious. Uh, we don't do it enough with food. Amy is doing wonderful things, not just with our food systems, but also with community. And I'll let her talk more about that because she is very eloquent. It was a pleasure to have her on, and I hope to really stay in touch with her and the farm. So this is her talking about uh, the the general concept of the Hills of Milk and Honey Farm. Hills of Milk and Honey is an educational farm, and we offer camps and classes and tours, workshops, um, any ideas that people have to be able to incorporate into our farm that allow people to connect with the land and with nature and teach people about regenerative agriculture. What, how did you start this? How did you get launched into this whole, um, into, into this whole education and growing your food and really picking your battle of, uh, of kind of maneuvering this world that is so mass produced, right? Um, and we should say this is a wine show, but we, uh, certainly cross over into the good things in life and food is certainly that. Right. Well, it's a little complex, but it stems from a background that I have in education. So I have taught everything from preschool through college level classes, everything in between. And I have a master's in education. I have had jobs where I have been responsible for creating curriculum, but I have always wanted to have a farm. Uh, My family background somewhat has a little bit of agriculture in it, and I really enjoyed my time spending my summers and different time on my grandpa's land and growing up, I just thought, gosh, you know, I got to get back to that. So as I got older and uh, life 
kind of takes its turns. And we have done lots of different things as a family. We lived in Arizona most of the time. And once we got to Texas, the opportunity to buy some land became available and that love of farming just never went away. So we went ahead and went for it. And I've combined my background in education with my love of farming to start this farm. Right. Can you paint the picture of the farm for us? Uh, maybe the size, where, also where it is in, in Dripping Springs and, and, and what, you're, what you're growing and, and, uh, in terms of uh, vegetables and, and animals, right? Okay. So we are a little past uh, downtown Dripping, about 10 minutes. Um, when you get back into there, the land is just absolutely gorgeous. A lot of people don't know how beautiful it is until you drive back those back roads. But we are in, you know, Texas Hill country, which also means we are in the wine country. Right, and yeah. uh, we have a lot of people who love to be able to visit the farm um, and enjoy our 12 acres that we do live on. Uh, in addition to living there, we also have a guest house that we rent out. And so that's a great way for people to visit. And when they're there, they get to take part in tours that we have as well. And so that's a way to connect people to the land. And um, when you're when you're visiting the farm, you have different options. You We don't have it open to the public. People do ask, but it is by appointment only. We do live there. <laughs> so we do ask that people register for the different things that we have. When they arrive, um, if they're there for a tour, then we take them on a tour of the farm. They get to see the livestock. We have goats. We have rabbits. We have laying chickens. We just started broiler chickens. We have bees. We're very diverse, and so they have a chance to be able to visit all the animals. We spent our first year on the farm implementing all of our livestock, and we're just now starting all of our gardens. Wonderful. And so it's remarkable that we are in Austin, where it's a, a pretty urban setting, but we do have this treasure that is the hill country right at our fingertips. Uh, do, you, do you see that? Do you, do you see this interest of people in Austin wanting to be connected more with the land? And sometimes that takes going out of the city, right? Right. I do see that to be the case. I purposely left my business plan open-ended I had an, a concept in mind, but I wanted to make sure that I took input from my community. I really think that people crave community and that they yeah. want to be able to connect with each other and with the land and get back to our roots, if you will. And so not only do I provide opportunities for people to do that and literally get their hands dirty, but also just to be able to get to know each other. And that's something really unique, I think, to our neck of the woods. Like-minded uh, people who really value their food systems and, uh, and value that connection to, to the land. It's remarkable. It's so cool. Um, do you, now living on the farm, do you see a different, you have a, uh, a child or, uh, several? I do. I have two children. <laughs> two children. Do you see how, how they, um, are just appreciating things? What, what do you see the difference there with, with your children raising them? Do you see that they are really appreciating things? Do you see that at the dinner table, uh, there's a deeper appreciation as well? How, what is that? What, how does that balance? For sure there is definitely a connection that just happens. And it's not just our own children. When people get out of their car, they often comment, oh my gosh, it just is so peaceful here. And they may have only driven 20 minutes, you know, and, and they get out and they just say, wow, this is, I wish I could do this all the time. This is so great. But our own family has really appreciated something that we noticed just in this last year. And that's that living out there and just getting up early and doing the chores and being outside and breathing that fresh air, we have actually been to the doctor less. We yeah. have been healthier than we've ever been. We choose what we eat 
in a more particular way, even though we aren't growing everything that we want to eat yet, we're very picky about what we purchase. So it just makes you think through those things a little bit more. The breathing thing is such a is such a big thing that um, stress, you know, keeps us all cooped up in our bodies and and letting down, having that that uh, that letdown is so important in our modern society, and uh, I'm I'm constantly trying to figure out ways to do that to to let down and breathe. Um, it's so important. Uh, if you're just tuning in, I'm here with Amy Milliron from the educational farm Hills of Milk and Honey. Uh, you can go to their website and see all of their offerings. We're going to be talking about the various workshops that they offer, but hillsofmilkandhoney.com. And of course, go to the co-op website. I will post links on our blog, koop.org. Uh, my name is Mark Grishap. This is Another Bottle Down, uh, our last week uh, before membership drive. So um, again, Amy, thank you so much. It's such a great thing that you're doing. Tell us uh, some, you, you mentioned on some of the educational opportunities, but there's a, a wide range and not all of them have to do with food, right? Right. So again, like I mentioned, I really love to be able to bring community together and just even things like homesteading techniques that maybe have been lost over the years, soap making, candle making, things like that. So um, we pull in experts that know how to do those things because I might not necessarily have learned it myself yet, but I know someone who can teach the community. And so I invite them to come in. Um, But we also offer, you know, gardening and composting and beekeeping and Um, taking care of different livestock and all the different purposes. You know, a lot of times people don't realize that when you're gardening, there might be a part of a vegetable that they're used to eating, but maybe they didn't realize you could eat another part of that vegetable or, and just the different uses or even chickens, you know, we can, we can raise them for lots of different purposes. So has that been a, a learning curve for you? you? You said that you mentioned you always wanted to have a farm, but that whole concept of, oh, saying, Oh, I don't have to compost that. I can eat that leafy green that I never thought I could eat. What has that been a learning curve for you? Have you had mentors? Have you just figured it out on your own? Um, all the above, but I usually don't take on something unless I found a mentor first. So yeah. I make sure to surround myself by some pretty wonderful people. And if I am not constantly learning, I I can't stand that actually. Right. <laughs> so I love to continue to learn. I I do love to be able to like I said, bring in other people. So if there is something that I wish I could know faster, then I make sure to partner with someone who knows it better than me so that I can be learning, they can be teaching, we can be doing it together. And and things like um, raising chickens, for example, I actually volunteered for several years on a farm that raised chickens, and I made sure to do that first before I took this on. So new-ish to farming, but I have spent several years really getting my feet wet. I know that there's a lot of co-op listeners out there who have chickens. Can you give us some insights into what you what you actually learned as an example of, of this? Well, my uh, goal is to make sure that I'm managing my land in a way that focuses on regeneration. And I have certification in Holistic Management International's Beginning Farmer and Rancher training program. And the concept is that you go in knowing that you're going to take care of the land so it will continue to take care of you. So my chickens, for example, are in a mobile coop that is on the land and it's rotated. I used an old uh, cotton trailer that needed some major welding work. And we um, scrounged around and found what we could in recycled materials and nest boxes and things. And we built it and we just hook it up to our truck once a week and we move it around our property and we go out and collect eggs. And I think it's a great way to make sure that the chickens get to forage on new land. It also helps fertilize our land. And so 
it does double duty. Yeah, one of the things with chickens, and I always notice this when I'm in Europe, is that the yolks of of eggs in in Europe, and it's it has to do with what the chickens are eating, are, are a completely different color than here. Do you notice a, a difference between the eggs of your chickens and the store bought stuff? I do, and it's one of my favorite activities to do when I have kids and adults out to the farm. (laughs) I love pulling out chicken eggs out of the nest boxes. We have a huge variety of chickens, and so all of our eggs are different colors, and so I like to show that the shells are different colors, and I usually ask, okay, so what, what do you think the colors are inside? And they kind of hesitate and go, oh, wait, they're the same. Yes, they're the same on the inside, but they're not the same on the inside as maybe an egg that you would buy at the grocery store. And it's because a lot of people don't realize chickens are omnivores. (laughs) They're supposed to eat bugs. They're not supposed to eat just... Um, they're not vegan. They're not vegetarian. When you go to the store and you look at all the different options for eggs and you see eggs that have been fed maybe a certain diet, that's not necessarily what the chicken was supposed to have. Right. So so you let them then forage. They're, they're eating bugs and, and all kinds of uh, plants from the farm. Uh, wonderful. Um, and, and they must have a, a richer flavor, too. I mean, you can probably t- taste that. For sure. My husband just commented on that the other day. It's just, oh, I love our eggs so much more. Whenever I have to go eat eggs somewhere else, I just wish we had our own. <laughs> and then, and do you, what's, where do you stand on the refrigeration of eggs versus not? I know that there's um, kind of laws that, that maybe as a farmer you have to uh, uphold, but then what you do for your family, it might be a little bit of a different thing. Is that a debate? I don't know if it's a debate. It's more of a, what do you want to do? So if you're wanting to sell your eggs, then you need to abide by what the rules are. If you are eating them for your family, maybe you can do something a little bit differently. Basically, um, you know, you, you don't have to eat your eggs right away and you don't have to refrigerate them right away. There's something called a bloom that's on the outside of the eggshell. And if it's not washed off or tampered with or anything, your eggs can actually sit out for quite a while and not be refrigerated. However, the minute you do refrigerate them, they need to continue to be refrigerated because eggs are actually porous and um, you don't want any bacteria that might be on the outside of the egg to get into the inside. So there's condensation Uh. that happens in a refrigerator and you just don't want that to happen. My wife and I have been wondering about that for so long, so I'm, I'm go- so glad I learned something. This is so cool. All right. Um, you, you offer, just looking at your website, uh, hillsofmilkandhoney.com, your work, your, you have art workshops, animal care workshops. Um, can you talk to that, that, that? How important is that? That um, you know, And I don't know if it's a cliche or not, but a healthy animal or happy animal is, is going to be uh, make a difference in terms of in terms of the community there on the farm, right? Right. Well, our animals serve multiple purposes. So, for instance, we use our goats to help graze our land, um, which then, in turn, by how we rotationally graze them, takes care of the land in a way that continues to feed them and feed us. But when I bring in these workshops that maybe some people might think, oh, well, that's not farming related, I think it really all is. So, for instance, you mentioned the art workshop. The ones coming up are by this very talented abstract artist, and she is coming in, and she's connecting with teens, which there aren't a lot of options for teens to get connected, and I just think that's so fabulous, and she is basically building a narrative around farming, and then she's teaching through this abstract art process, but she also is coming back and combining teens with our senior citizen population to have them paired together to work on some things together, and I think that intergenerational learning and especially on a farm, there's just nothing better. So we also have a preschool and senior citizen kind of combination type program that we've built. And 
just picturing, you know, an 83-year-old and a three-year-old digging in the dirt for worms together, that's just magical. It really is. The, the, I, th- I think that you nailed it right on the head that maybe our society is a little bit missing, that intergenerational dynamic that, especially me covering the wine industry, I see such an importance put on the older generation and what they know about a vineyard, how a vineyard has been reacting and uh, maybe the grandson takes over, but will always respect the opinions of the elders. And and it's something that is uh, lost a little bit. And I don't know if that is our move to the urban. Um, and, and like you say, and I wonder if that being out in the countryside, out on a farm, uh, people are more open to learning from uh, people that they uh, know that they can learn something from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that 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 says it. I mean, it's it's um it's a really cool thing, and it's something that people aren't addressing in in today's society, right? So good for you. Well, thank you. I I think that it's really important that we get people of all ages connected on the farm because yeah. there's a disconnect. Uh, the statistics say right now that for every six farmers over age 65, there's only one under 35 to take their place. Oh. If we don't inspire our younger generation to want to become farmers then where are we going to be at in just a very short period of time? That's yeah. kind of scary. I know. it. Um, let's take a short break. Amy Milliron, who is owner of Hills of Milk and Honey, a educational farm out in Dripping Springs. Check out more information at hillsofmilkandhoney.com. Uh, you do, if you want to visit the farm, you do have to book, book an appointment. It is a homestead as well as a farm. So let's take a short break, and we'll be right back talking with Amy Milliron. Theoretically, the farm doesn't really have anything to do with wine. And, and when Amy and I were talking, she did, uh, she did ask, well, you know, what's the theme going to be? Uh, and I, I smirked because I think that, that farms and people who are innovating on the food and food front is just as every much a part of the wine industry as just tasting a bottle of wine. Uh, it's how we connect ourselves to the land and also the community of a, a community of people who appreciate fine things that uh, have true nutritional value and connect us to a community. So it's a real a pleasure to be talking with Amy and uh, talking about all that they're doing on the farm. Uh, we did mention on the, the break that um, it is by uh, appointment only because um, I'm sure a lot of people do want to come and, and visit on their way out to the hill country or whatever. Do uh, outside of the workshops, do you host host folks or how often is it, um, you know, you can't just stop by? Right. But we do offer tours that are custom created. And so, for instance, during the week when public schools are in session, I host a lot of homeschool groups that just schedule their own private tours. Uh, Or, you know, like I mentioned, our Airbnb guests, if they want a tour, things like that. We do do those types of things. And I also try to put on events that might pull um, just the community together, film screenings and things like that, so that people can come just experience the farm and get to know each other. Yeah. just want to f- ask a few more things about just the all the ongoings you have here uh, that you host a beekeeping workshop as well, right? What what is the value there? And I, I feel like bees have hit uh, some some headlines recently, right? Right, Dripping Springs is an interesting place to keep bees. 
Uh, we don't have a lot of forage for them throughout the year, so we have to be very careful about what we have available for them to be able to eat. Uh, bees struggle just a tad until you make sure that you have enough forage for them within about a three-mile radius. So we are a little slow going on our beekeeping, honestly. It's a little bit of a learning curve out there, but I have, again, surrounded myself with mentors, and we're, we're still going on that. I think that there's a huge desire for people to attend and learn about bees so right. that they can take part as well. So what would um you know folks had some land out in austin what what are those those lessons uh you have to have a certain number of uh plants that need to be pollinated right right so the thing that's really interesting is in austin in the city bees actually do really well because people have lawns and they have flowers and there's just a lot of green right and yeah. so they actually do far better a lot of times in the middle of the city than they do out in the outskirts um, but there are things that you can do and you just have to make sure that you're, you're checking in to see what you're allowed to within your own restrictions of, you know, if you have an HOA or things like that, um, or if your County has different rules that you have to follow, then you just need to make sure you're checking into those. They're very specific and I don't know them all. So I know just my little area. <laughs> right, 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 right. So definitely, um, uh, officially follow the rules of the city, uh, ordinances right. and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and, and so, well, it's wonderful. I, I do want to mention that uh, recently you were a recipient of the Austin Food and Wine Alliance grant. Um, I'm also, full disclosure, another bottle down uh, got an honorable mention on uh, with the Austin Food and Wine Alliance. So very, very honored to, to be there. What, um, what, what, what was, where do you want to take this farm? What are the next several years that, that are, are going to be happening for the Hills of Milk and Honey? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. I, uh, I have big plans. <laughs> <laughs> I really want people to be able to understand that we need to take care of the soil and that that's how we grow nutrient-dense food. And it's really all about how we take care of the land. And so I want to be able to teach people every avenue that I can and give people also a chance to learn skills that then can carry them through into something that might interest them. So for instance, my husband and I used to be former foster parents and we really want to connect with the foster community and be able to bring in families and kids in the foster community to be able to take part. Um, we want to be able to bring in veterans that would like to reconnect with the land. Um, it's really endless in, in possibilities because I want people to be able to ultimately come learn how to grow something or raise an animal, know how to process it all the way through and be able to even go into a kitchen and cook it. So my dream is that I have a teaching kitchen on site so that I can see that process all the way through. Yeah. It's amazing that when you are talking about this process of learning and being connected, it does seem like it could be a, a form of therapy. And, mm -hmm. and, and that you're mentioning some communities where, traditional therapy might not be uh, the appropriate thing and, and there might be resistance to that. And in, in, in our society today, this becomes so important, right? Is, is, that, a, is that somewhere in the back of your mind that, that and you must see people light up when they have these experiences? Oh, I do. And, and I'm super excited about the people that have come up to me and asked if they can take part in helping make those next steps possible. So already in the works, we have conversations happening with counselors and different people that will help rally around making those types of bigger leaps of programs possible. That's why they're not happening quite yet. We want to do it right. Yeah. Um, we're super excited about one 
aspect of our farm that we're offering this summer. In addition to our summer camps for different ages, we also are set, we have set aside a specific week just to help out the autistic community. And so in the mornings, we have camps that are for children. And in the afternoons of that week, we have camp for teens and young adults. And uh, we have some really special things planned for those families in general. How can people find out more information about that? So that's all on the website as well. All on the website as well. Uh, I do want to, uh, I mean, that's remarkable. I don't want to glance over that. I mean, that, that is a community that is underserved, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and have, you, have you done any experimental uh, uh, kind of classes with this before? Is this an, an, a newer thing or is, is it, do you, what do you see the effects being on, the, on these folks? Are you talking about and specifically talking about the autism? In the autism, yeah. autism yes. So... My background and my actual formal education is in elementary education and then curriculum and instruction, but my experience has been in a lot of the special needs community. And so I do have quite a bit of experience, including our own foster experience that my husband and I had was with special needs babies. And so we are very um, entrenched in making sure that we reach out to people who really need it. But that concept actually came from a parent who approached me and said, Hey, I know you offer summer camps. There is really nothing out here for us. Would you be willing to maybe kind of consider creating an autistic camp? Because my son would think that's so great. And so I spent the next three months looking to see who would partner with me to help pull it off. And then I told her I made it happen. She was pretty excited. Wow. That is so cool. Um, more information at hillsofmilkandhoney.com. Uh, we just have a, a quick uh, minute, the about a minute and a half, but uh, do folks can follow you on social media and they can kind of partake, right? What, what is the role for you of social media? You, you have a very uh, nice thing going on where you might be in the city, but you can kind of get pictures of, of out in the countryside, right? I try to keep everybody connected on social media the best that I can. I think that people think it's pretty great to be able to see what it looks like from day to day. Uh, I'll spare them the going out in my pajamas and my work boots first thing in the morning. <laughs> but um, you do get to see what the animals look like. We just added a new baby goat. That's pretty fun. I love to be able to help people feel like they're there. What is the most photogenic animal? <laughs> you know... If I were going on likes, it's probably the dogs. Our livestock guardian dogs probably get the most likes, which is just so funny to me. <laughs> and they are probably the first to welcome visitors yes, out to they the are. farm, right? <laughs> and, and, and it's that first impression where it's like, oh, I, I have somebody loving me, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Amy Milliron, thank you so much. We, any final thoughts? And uh, good luck for, with all of your, your projects and workshops and all of that. Well, thank you for having me. And congrats to you, too, on your honorable mention. I, after going to the award ceremony, I was just like, I am not worthy. Everybody, the, the recipients were really, really remarkable projects. So, um, so I'm glad in a lot of ways that, uh, you know, that, that this show can at least be a mouthpiece for the amazing things that other people are doing. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Amy Milliron, who is owner and part of the family that owns the Hills of Milk and Honey out in Dripping Springs. You can get all amazing information on everything that they're doing at hillsofmilkandhoney.com. Remember, we have co-op membership drive coming up in just a bit. Um, This Friday it starts, so stay tuned. Get uh, ready to open up your pocketbooks and support the station that supports you. We're radio for people and not for profit. So thank you so much. We'll see you next week.